Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This recording has started. We are live and we are on the air. And we are pleased to be here on another edition of the Bible Class Truth Hour here on the four-time National Award-winning POET Radio. YouTube. Welcome, 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 YouTube. I want to say thank you to all our YouTube listeners. We've gotten so many new listeners and new subscribers on our YouTube, and we ask that you continue to subscribe to our YouTube channel and continue to share the links and the lessons that you watch. And again, if you're on Facebook, then come on Facebook as well. You can watch the live at eight o'clock. I'm sorry, seven o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time, eight o'clock Eastern Time on the Truth Hour Bible Show. That's the name of the Facebook page, the Truth Hour Bible Show. Let's get into our lesson tonight, man. The four elements of God, right? So my brothers and my sisters, we are out here, we're struggling, right? We're going through health problems, i.e. Brother Black Ice. We're going through deaths in the family, we're going through divorces. We're going through issues with our children. We're going through problems on our job. We are going through a literal hell, brothers and sisters. We are living in a literal hell, brothers and sisters. But God gave us something that we could utilize and use to deal with our everyday issues and our everyday problems. And I know we want to give up sometimes. I know it gets hard sometimes, brothers and sisters. But that's what Tuesday nights are for, is to rejuvenate you, is to recharge you, is to inspire you to just continue on and make it one more day, one day longer, one day stronger, one day longer, one day stronger. Let's go ahead and read off the what we believe, brothers and sisters. The Truth Hour Bible Class is an online social media Bible-based ministry. We teach the uncut word of God as it is written in the Bible, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. Isaiah 28 and 10. You can't really get understanding out of the Bible reading it from Genesis to Revelations. Oh, I'm going to open my Bible this year. I'm going to dedicate myself to reading it from Genesis to Revelation. God didn't design this book to be read and understood that way and be taught that way. What we do is we get a subject matter, brothers and sisters, and then we get scriptures that's relative to that one subject. And then we begin to build up and learn what God wants us to do, what he wants us not to do, all based on that particular subject. So again, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. Our mission here on the Bible Class Truth Hour is to lead as many souls to Jesus, the Christ, so that through the word of God and the keeping of the commandments, we may receive salvation. Our motto is, if you cannot read it, then don't believe it. What we believe, number one, we believe in the name of Jesus. We have no dispute with those who want to use 
the name that begins with the Y or the name that begins with the I, because again, we didn't always speak English brothers and sisters. So I am bearing witness as a teacher and a minister that he was not always called Jesus. And the books were not always written with the name Jesus as we see it today, J-E-S-U-S as the spelling of the name. So if those who are out there watching this lesson want to use the other names before it was translated to the English, Jesus, that's fine. That's okay with us here on the Bible Class Truth Hour. But we want it to be okay with you also if we use the English name Jesus because our listeners speak English. Number two, we believe that Jesus alone is our Lord and Savior. Number three, we believe in the Sabbath day, which is from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. Number four, we believe in the seven feast days of the Lord. And we are coming up on our next feast day, Tuesday at sundown next week. So we're going to, I'm sorry, not, not next week, but the week after next. So next week, we'll be talking to you about the next feast day, which will begin in September, right? So we want you to know what the feast days are and what we're commanded to do on that particular day, right? So we don't want to wait until the feast day gets here. So we normally teach on the feast day a week before the feast day gets here. But I believe we got four feast days coming up, all right? Four, four feast days coming up. It goes down in the seventh month of the year. And that's the reason... Uh, within itself. And that's that that symbol symbolizes the coming of Christ and his rule and his reign and his thousand year reign and also the coming of the father, which is called the eighth day. Another lesson for another time. But be here next week. So we so you can learn about the feast day that would be preceding the week after. OK, and what we need to do so we can be on the same page. Number five, we believe that we, the so-called African-American and those who were spread throughout the four corners of the earth through the transatlantic slave trade are indeed Israelites and the statutes and laws and the commandments written in this book apply to us. We also know that some were left in the country, such as our Ibu brothers and sisters of Nigeria. Number six, we believe that we must keep the law to the best of our ability. Number seven, we believe that we must keep the Lord's dietary law according to Leviticus, the 11th chapter. So no pork, no catfish, no shrimp, no lobster or anything that's deemed impermissible according to Leviticus, the 11th chapter. The law of the beast that may be eaten and the law of the beast that may not be eaten. Number eight. We believe that both the scripture or Old Testament and the testimony or New Testament must be used when teaching the word of God. You can't be an Old Testament scholar or a New Testament Christian. You must be both. Number nine, we don't believe in Sunday Sabbath service. Because there can only be one day, that's the Sabbath day. And that is Saturday, which starts Friday at sundown. So we don't believe in Sunday Sabbath service. We don't believe in the Trinity doctrine. The word Trinity is not found in this book right here, brothers and sisters. So if it's not in this book, then it came out of the mind of man. We don't believe in the cross or any religious symbols or emblems that is used to represent God. 
Remember Ex Exodus, the 20th chapter said, make no images of anything in heaven or earth or underneath the earth. We don't believe in Christmas because the foundation of Christmas is the worship of the God of the sun. Saturnalia, Ra, uh, uh, Osiris, Horus. We don't believe in Easter as a religious holiday because it is the celebration of the sex goddess Esther. That's why she celebrated as a spring festival and she is commemorated by two symbols, an egg and a rabbit. Nothing to do with Jesus, so we don't believe in that. These are anti or against Christ according to the Bible. Number 10, we believe that salvation through Jesus is for all people. It doesn't matter what religion or national, uh, it doesn't matter what nationality or color or race you belong to. We believe that salvation through Jesus is for everybody. But you got to come this way, right? In order to receive it. You got to come this way. Number 10. Uh, well, we just read number 10. Brothers and sisters, at this time, we're going to go ahead and get ready, get to our lesson. If you have sisters, please cover your heads at this moment. If you have a scarf, uh, a hairnet, or anything of that sort, please place it over your heads at this time. Brothers, if you are watching and you have a hat on or any type of head covering, please remove the head covering at this time to be in compliance with the ordinances of God Found, and you can read it for yourself, 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, verses 3 through 6. Now let's get into our lesson. The four elements of God, earth, air, fire, and water. In this lesson, brothers and sisters, we're going to learn how God let us use nature to learn from, to understand his way and his will. If there was no Bible, and at one point in time, there was no Bible. Or if there was no tablets of stone, at one point in time, there was no tablets of stone, brothers and sisters. But there was still nature. The Egyptians had gods that represented nature, brothers and sisters. There was a god named Jeb, who was the god of the earth. And Isis was the goddess of the earth or fertility god. She was called Mother Earth. The god Shu was the god of air. The god Amun-Ra represented the sun and he was also called the fire god. Tahut was the goddess of fertility and water. Why am I talking about these Egyptian gods and what they represented. The, the Egyptians understood and knew that there were lessons in nature. They just used it in, the, in an idealistic way or idolatry as we would call it today. But the Egyptians were knowledgeable, brothers and sisters, that there were lessons in nature, but they worshiped the creation instead of the creator. Here in America, Native Americans also used nature to describe their spiritual connections to their creator. They named themselves after animals like 
Chief Crazy Horse, Red Cloud, or Sitting Bull, even the Europeans or the Gentiles named himself after nature. That's why we, the descendants of slaves, have names like Brooks. All of our last names were named after our slave master, brothers and sisters. But the reason why we have names like Brook or Fruit Tree or Hawthorne or Roach or Blackstone or Blacksmith, we were stamped with these names showing that they owned our ancestors, but their names came from nature and occupations and things that they did, brothers and sisters. They named themselves after nature, but God named us after himself, Israel, brothers and sisters. And let me be the first to say, Israel is not a religion. So when we call ourselves Israelites, brothers and sisters, we know the nation in which we belong to. And we know that we have one of God's names because God adopted Jacob when he changed his name to Israel. He adopted us as his family, his nation, and his children. Let's talk about earth first, brothers and sisters. We're going to go down this line. Let's talk about earth first. Now, the word earth is synonymous with the word ground, right? Grounded is a metaphor for being humble. Even when your parents say you're grounded, what do you think your parents are saying? You've gotten too big for your own britches. Your head is swelling up. You need to come down so you're grounded. So ground is a metaphor for being humble. You need to be more humble. You need to check yourself. Who you think you're talking to? Have your parents ever said that to you? If they didn't slap the taste out of your mouth? <laughs> Our parents, boy, didn't play. They didn't play, brothers and sisters. So again, uh, brothers and sisters, we are here. And um, before you leave this lesson tonight, you're going to understand a few things, brothers and sisters, that even the illiterate God will give a message to, to nature. You can learn from the ant. You can learn from the bee, brothers and sisters. You see how the ant gets things done when they work together as a colony? Well, if we unified with one another, brothers and sisters, become one with the body of Christ, imagine how many lives and how many souls we can help save if we work together. And I'm throwing that lifeline out there to my other teachers who are teaching this truth. We got to come together, brothers and sisters. And I know some of us are doing it also as well already. So again, the word earth is a metaphor for being grounded. Let's go to the book of James, the fourth chapter. The book of James, the fourth chapter. And we're going to read verses 8 through 12. The book of James, the fourth chapter. And we're going to read verses 8 through 12. I, I just felt like I gave a long intro. But, you know, the spirit moved me, brothers and sisters. James, the fourth chapter, verses 8 through 12. Those of you all who are struggling, 
who are going through some issues in your personal lives, please listen to this. Listen. James, the fourth chapter, verses eight through 12. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. So if you ever wonder why God is not in your life, it's because you walked away from him. He said, draw near to me and I'm going to draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Speak not evil one to another or one of another. Now, this has no condition, brothers and sisters. This didn't say because you call me out of my name, it's okay for me to speak evil to you because you call me out of my name. No, it says speak not evil one to another. So when I have these conversations with my family and I say, hey, you sneak dissing and you're defending yourself and you're doing these things. Brothers and sisters, it's because the ego and the pride has gotten in the way. See, when you're standing before God in judgment, you can't get no excuse as to why you did what you did. It's all about you did this and you knew better. So you don't let nobody throw you off your square. You don't let nobody bring you down to the dirt. Michelle Obama said, when they go low, we go high. This is what the book is saying. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speak of evil of his brother and judge his brother, speak evil of the law and judge the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. Who are we to judge somebody else? That's the question, brothers and sisters. Who are we to judge somebody else? We're in no moral position to judge anybody. Yeah, they did you wrong. They stole money from you. They badmouthed your name. They tried to assassinate your character. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. You don't have to respond evil for evil, brothers and sisters. Let your walk define who you are by those who are watching you. How do people know that you got God inside of you unless you're reflecting him and you're walking and you're talking? But they don't know that if you <laughs> clapping back at your brothers and sisters because they've said something that's been disrespectful to you or hurt your feelings. Pray for those People, brothers and sisters, it ain't easy because we made a flesh and blood like everybody else. But this is the training, brothers and sisters, that we must go through in order to condition our minds to think differently than the way that we were once thinking. This is why this is a Bible class, because this is where you come to get training, brothers and sisters. And you also get it on the Sabbath day. You get it with the bomb of Gilead, you get it with the wake up show, you get it with come into my room, you get it with preacher head ministries, you get it with brother uh, Elijah. 
You get this training, brothers and sisters. There is a science behind the element earth and what it means. If the ground is moist and fertile, and I'm talking about your mind too, if it's moist and fertile, it can produce great things that's planted inside of it. But if the ground is hard and dry, then no seed can enter into a ground that's dry and hard and nothing can grow out of a ground that's dry and hard. Never think that you can't learn anything, brothers and sisters. A closed fist can receive nothing in it and it cannot let anything out of it, brothers and sisters. That's why the book says, try the spirit, try the spirits to see if they be of God. See, the devil wants you to be arrogant and egotistical and full of yourself when God wants you to be the total opposite. Let's read 1 Peter 5, 1 through 6. 1 Peter 5, 1 through 6. 1 Peter 5, and we're going to read verses 1 through 6, and it reads, and look, y'all better share this lesson, man. Y'all know this lesson is already on fire, and it ain't because of me. It's because of the word of God, but I'm feeling it in me, brothers and sisters. So invite some people and share because somebody tonight need, need, needs to hear this lesson tonight. We're at the first Peter chapter five, verses one through six. The elders which are among you, I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the suffering of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God, which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, which is Jesus, you shall receive a crown of glory that fade not away. Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Did you read that? You younger, submit yourselves to the elder. Yeah. All of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility for God resisteth the proud and give of grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. God gave me two words this year, brothers and sisters. And I'm not going to say God told me. Uh, he, God gave me inspiration to put forth two words in my life this year. And those words were faith and patience. Faith and patience. Although I want my family member and my friends to come on board, to go this route, to really, really learn the word of God. I got to be patient with them the same way those in my circle when I was coming up was patient with me. Can you be patient? Verse six says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you 
in due time. Not right now, but in due time. You got to be humble. You got to be grounded, brothers and sisters. That's why we're dealing with the first element of God, which is ground. Now, we're going to go to the book of Philippians, brothers and sisters. Now, Jesus would not tell you to do anything that he was not willing to do himself. He is our example. So it would be wise to look at his life and his ministry. Imagine being a God. And Jesus, in the beginning, was a God. Ain't that what John 1 and 1 said? In the beginning was the word. Uh-oh, that's one. And the word was with God. That's two. And it says, and the word was God. So in the beginning, Jesus, being the word, was God. Imagine being a God. Stepping down to the level of a man to save man. I'm going to say that again. Don't you know how humble you have to be? Imagine being a God stepping down from God to become a man to save man. Could you do that, brothers and sisters? Could you say, you know what? I live forever. I'm in a spiritual body. Can't nothing kill me. Let me go down there. Take off the spiritual body, be born through a woman in a flesh and blood body just to be killed by the people I created. <laughs> Imagine that, brothers and sisters. Imagine how he had to humble himself. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about ground, brothers and sisters, being grounded. Let's go to the book of Philippians, the second chapter. The book of Philippians, the second chapter, and we're going to read verses two, um, verses one through 11, and it reads. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy. That you be like minded, having the same love, being on one accord of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife and vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So when you get to the level where you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, be baptized for the remission of your sins in the name of Jesus, not in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. But in the name of Jesus, because the Father, Jesus came in the Father's name, and the Holy Ghost don't speak of himself or come in his own name. He comes in the name of Jesus. So the Father is a title. The Son is a title. And the Holy Ghost is a title. There is no name. So when you're being baptized, be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. So when you do that, you begin to turn yourself and walk a different way. That's not being born again. 
that's being renewed, brothers and sisters. Be ye not conformed, but be ye transformed. You are transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind. Verse six, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. And being found in the fashion of man or as a man, he humbled himself. There's that ground again. He was grounded and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also have highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. He humbled himself, so God exalted him. When we humble ourselves, brothers and sisters, God exalts us. He exalts us. Let's go to the book of Luke, the 14th chapter. We keep looking for approval from man, brothers and sisters. We worry about how many likes we get on Facebook or social media, how many loves and how many likes, and we concern ourselves with those things. When we put something positive on Facebook, we seem like we don't get no likes. Likes, But when we put some drama up and somebody wants some confusion going on, people not only like, they comment. Look at all these entertainers who man exalted, brothers and sisters. It's a man that's learning, or I'm sorry, that's, that's tearing them down. Man exalts you up, and then when he's tired of you, he brings you back down. That's why I would rather be exalted by God than man, brothers and sisters. I was telling my cousin earlier today, one day we got to leave this earth. We put too much stock in the things that are on this earth. We can't take nothing with us. The Egyptians tried to take their riches with them only to be raided by tomb raiders. All their gold is gone. All their silver is gone. All their worldly possessions are gone because you can't take it with you. So how valuable should it be to you if you can't take it with you? We got to assess and reassess our own situations. What's important to you right now? Your children? your livelihood and the ability of that livelihood to feed and take care of your children, having a strong spiritual foundation so that you can stay grounded because we still on grounded, brothers and sisters. That way, the things that you encounter on an everyday basis won't shake you so much. Why are you so shaken by what's going on in your life? Where is your faith? You can't be depressed and have faith at the same time. You can't be angry and have faith at the same time. 
You can't be hurt and disappointed and have faith at the same time. No two things can occupy the same space at the same time. Either you're going to have one or the other, brothers and sisters. So if you fill in those things, then your faith is gone. We're trying to share with you these things in this lesson so that you can get your faith back, brothers and sisters. And then that way, the things that are bothering you right now won't be so impression on your mind because stress kills. Stress causes high blood pressure. I know, brothers and sisters. So let's take away the pressure. Let's go ahead and go to verse 8. Luke, the 14th chapter, verses 8 through 12. Luke 14, verses 8 through 12. And it says, when you are bidden of any man to a wedding, sit not down in the highest room, lest a more honorable man than, than you be bidden of him. And he that bade thee or asked you to come and him come and say to you, give this man place. And you begin with shame to take the lowest room. But when you are bidden, go and sit down in the lowest room that when he that bade you or asked you to come, he may say unto you, friend, go up higher. Then shall you have worship in the presence of them that sit at meet with thee. So, brothers and sisters, let's let's rewind this a little bit. Let's let's look at this thing from a very spiritual level. Don't worry about exalting yourself in this earth. Instead, grabbing for positions in this earth, positions of importance, brothers and sisters. And I'm talking about importance in the eyes of man and in the, in the sight of man. Because, see, what's important in the eyes of man is not important in the eyes of God. So when you humble yourself. And when you do what God has gifted you to do, because all of us have different gifts. God will send someone to you to exalt you. I've seen it, brothers and sisters, for the first uh, first hand. People watch, they look and they listen. And God will send people to you with opportunities to put you in a position where you can do more work for him with more resources on a bigger and higher level to reach and save more people. Number 11, for whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased or brought down, and he that humbled himself shall be exalted. So brothers and sisters, your time is coming. You just got to be patient enough to wait for it. This is why we use the term down to earth. You ever met Michael Jackson? You ever met Prince? Bringing it up to date, you ever met Drake or Lil Wayne? You ever met Michael Jordan? You ever met anyone that you saw on television or heard their music and you found out they was a regular person just like you. So when you're describing them to other people, you say, man, I met so-and-so. They was down to earth. There's that earth again. We're talking about earth, air, fire, and water. So where were they before you put them down to earth? 
That's why you call them a super star. Where do stars live? In the firmament, in the sky. So we call people stars and superstars. And then when we meet them and we find out that they just like you, they got to put on their pants leg one at a time. They got to eat. They got to use the bathroom. They're in relationships. They talk about regular things, right? You say that they are down to earth. That's humble. That's to be grounded, brothers and sisters. Let's get on our next element. Let's talk about air. Let's go to the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter. Now, we don't see air, brothers and sisters, but we see the evidence of air all around us. We breathe it. That's why we're alive today, because air exists. And if you have a flagpole, it's waving because of the air is pushing it back and forth. You can't see it, but you know it exists. You can't see it. The wind is blowing, brothers and sisters. This is how God wants us to have faith in him. Have you ever seen God with your physical two eyes? But the evidence of his existence is all around us, brothers and sisters. This element, air, is one of our best examples of faith. Let's go to Hebrews, the 11th chapter. Hebrews, the 11th chapter, verses 1 through 3. Hebrews, the 11th chapter, verses 1 through 3, and it reads, we're talking about air now, brothers and sisters. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You say, man, I really want to get out of this situation that I'm in. I'm going through a situation with my husband, or I'm going through a situation with my wife. I'm going through a situation with my children. My finances is not looking good. I'm struggling. I'm straining. I'm hoping that I can get out of this situation and I can get out of this situation soon. That's what you hope for. But God has already worked it out for you. He's just waiting to see how much you faith, how much faith you have in him that he has already worked it out. So that's why it says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, it is talking about faith. For by it, the elders obtain a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. You don't see who made all this stuff. But you see the evidence of their existence, and I'm talking about the two, the father and the son. You see the evidence of their existence in what you can see in your physical eye. Let's go down to verse 11. It says, through faith, also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. So you can read this whole chapter on your own time. It's talking about faith. Hebrews, the 11 chapters, talking about faith, brothers and sisters. You can read it on your own time. We just wanted to give you some examples of what we were talking about as far as faith is concerned. Let's go to six, brothers and sisters. Hebrews 11, six. Stay there. Hebrews 11 and six. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. 
For he that come up to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. God is going to reward you. All this struggling, straining, disappointment, betrayal, and all the things that you've been going through. God has a blessing, brothers and sisters, on the other side of the rainbow. Now, I'm just using the rainbow figuratively, brothers and sisters, because, you know, I mean, you know, they, they want to use the pot of gold and leprechauns and all that foolishness and nonsense. But God has a blessing for you, brothers and sisters, on the other end of your struggle. God wants you to go through what you're going through in order for you to get to where he wants you to be. Because you ain't been paying attention to God. You've been saying it with your mouth. But your mind ain't really there. So God has to put you in a position like he did Jonah. In the belly of the whale. Right now you are in the belly of the whale. And God wants you to call out to him. Let's go, let's go to the book of Luke, the eighth chapter. The book of Luke the eighth chapter, we're talking about air, which leads us into faith, brothers and sisters. We're talking about air. We dealt with earth. We know we got to be humble, but let's deal with this air, this faith situation. All of us know that air exists, but we've never seen it. We got problems that exist, and there's a solution that God has for us to solve the problem, although we can't see it, I'm telling you, it's there and it already exists, brothers and sisters, but you got to have faith. God will reveal it to you. When you have no faith, you have no hope. You will always be dissatisfied and disappointed. You're going to always complain. You will always be down and depressed because you don't know the majesty of God, brothers and sisters. You can't say you love him and not be prepared to prove it. How do you prove it? You got to be tested. Everybody that say they love God, you must be tested, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Luke the 8th chapter, verses 22 through 25. Luke the 8th chapter, verses 22 through 25 and it reads, now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples. He said unto them, let us go over to the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. As they sailed, he fell asleep. And there came down a storm of wind on the lake. And they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him saying, Master, Master, we, we gonna die. Then he rose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water and they ceased and they were calm. And he said unto them, where is your faith? And they being afraid wondered, saying one to another, what manner of man is this? For he commands even the winds and the water and they obey him. So if Jesus can command the wind and the water and that they be calm, you don't think that he can command the problems and the issues in your life that it be calm? Yes, he can, brothers and sisters. But we got to have faith in order to achieve those type of things. 
This whole thing is dealing with faith. We're talking about air. We're talking about faith, brothers and sisters. You can't see it. But you already know that it exists. You already know that the answer is there to your problem. And if it ain't there, it's coming. It's on its way. Faith and patience. Remember I told you God gave me those two things? Faith and patience. Faith and patience, brothers and sisters. Keep saying that to yourself. And maybe we ought to do a lesson, Sister Key, uh, called Faith and Patience. Let's go to the book of Matthew, the 21st chapter. You have to know and understand the power of God, brothers and sisters. The power of God gives you the ability to rebuke the storms in your life. It may seem like you're drowning in debt. It may seem like you're drowning in marital problems. It may seem like you're drowning in problems on your job and with your children, brothers and sisters, but you got to have faith. Like Jesus asked his disciples who thought that they were drowning in the boat. Water was coming into the boat. All these problems are coming into your life. I say it again, faith and fear cannot occupy the same space at the same time. Let's go to Matthew, the 21st chapter, verses 18 through 22. Matthew, the 21st chapter, verses 18 through 22. And it reads, now in the morning, as he returned into the city, he hungered. And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing therein. But leaves only, there was no figs on the fig tree. And he said to it, let no fruit grow on, on thee henceforth forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. When the, the disciples saw it, they marveled saying, how soon is the fig tree withered away? Jesus answered and said unto them, verily I say unto you, if you have no faith and doubt not. You shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if you shall say unto the mountains, be thou moved, it be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. So brothers and sisters, if you have faith, you can remove the problems that are existing currently in your life. If you have faith. But if you don't have faith, Things that you're dealing with going to last longer than they supposed to last. Sometimes we just have to accept the reality of our situation. And understand and know that this is the end of a journey that God has you on. But there's a new journey. When you close that chapter, there's a new journey, brothers and sisters. Sometimes we force ourselves to, to, to stay in a situation or to get in a situation that God is trying to remove us from. How many times have we prayed, God, I just want to be happy. God, I just, I, I just want you to remove anybody in my life that does not have my best interest at heart. You prayed that prayer. That you want to be happy, that you want to be peaceful, that you want God to remove anyone or anything from in your life that does not have your best interests at heart. Then why you get mad when your so-called friends start acting funny and walking away? Your so-called friends 
start betraying you, start doing things to you that causes you to be faced with a decision. Do I stay in this relationship? And I'm being treated like this for someone whom I love and I thought had my best interest at heart. God is doing what, exactly what you asked him to do. Remove from me anyone or anything that does not have my best interest at heart. I want to be happy. I want to have peace. Well, maybe those people were causing you to be unhappy. Maybe those people was causing confusion in your life, but you asked for peace. And you ask for happiness and you ask God to remove. And when he starts doing it, you get mad at the people for acting funny. You get mad at the people for not talking to you anymore. You get mad at the people for turning their backs against you when this is what you pray for and ask God for. Where's your faith? Verse 22. And all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. Brothers and sisters, the Lord said, you're going to receive these things if you just ask me for these things. I'm here to give it to you if it be my will and if it be of God. Let's go to the last one. We're dealing with air. First, we deal with earth. We deal with air. We got two more to go, fire and water. But this is the last one on air. Let's go to Matthew, the 15th chapter. You can't say you believe in God, but you always complain. No, you really don't believe or know God, because if you knew him, you would understand that he is humbling you and he's weaponizing you. You're going to deal with somebody later on down the line that's going to have problems with their job, you're going to be able to teach them how to deal with it because God is going to weaponize you with your faith. Somewhere down the line, you're going to deal with somebody who's having issues with their children. You're going to know how to encourage them and guide them because God is allowing you to make it through the issues you're having with your children, the issues that you're having in your marriage, the issue you're having with your finances. God is weaponizing you and showing you how to deal with those things. But if you have faith, you would know that, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Matthew, the 15th chapter. Let's go to Matthew, the 15th chapter. You may not be able to see yourself finding your way through or out of the hole that you found yourself in. But like air, there is a solution that exists. Matthew, the 15th chapter, verses 21 through 28. Matthew, the 15th chapter, verses 21 through 28. And let's see. Matthew, the 15th chapter, verses 21 through 28. And it reads. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So I want you to understand that Jesus wasn't sent to everybody. He wasn't sent to the Gentile. He wasn't sent to the Edomite. He wasn't sent to the Hamite. 
He wasn't sent to no nation on earth, but Israel. Understand that. But he's doing something here, brothers and sisters. I want you to understand. Let's read it again. This is Jesus's own words. He said, but he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of, of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it is not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. Jesus called this woman a dog, brothers and sisters. This was a woman of Canaan, of another nation. He said, I ain't come to give this message, this ministry, this meat that was for the children of Israel and cast it to dogs. Jesus called this woman a dog. But look at what the dog said back to the master. And she said, truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus said, said unto her, answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou will. You asked me for this. Now I'm giving it to you. Be it unto thee unto you, even as you asked, and her daughter was made whole from that very hour. So at this time, God is no respect of persons, brothers and sisters. If you are an Israelite like myself, and you're not keeping the statutes, laws, and commandments of God, the same judgment for you is the same judgment for anybody else who's not keeping the statutes, laws, and the commandments of God. But if you're not an Israelite and you're keeping the statutes, laws, and the commandments of God, then you get the same thing that he came to give to the children of Israel, the ones who are keeping the statutes, laws, and the commandments of God, because every Israelite ain't gonna make it either, brothers and sisters. So it's not today about your nationality. Today, it's about your faith, just like this woman, it didn't matter what nationality she was. It mattered that she had faith, brothers and sisters. Now, let's deal with fire. Let's see if I can get through this lesson tonight, brothers and sisters. Let's deal with fire. Why does God allow us to struggle? Why does he make us go through fire? Some of our ancestors may have asked that same question when we were going through slavery. And some of us today who are going through the hell that we're going through may ask that same question today. Lord, when will this oppression that we've been going through end? There is a purpose for your pain. Oh, I love that title. Somebody write that down, Team Truth, Truth Hour. There is a purpose for your pain, brothers and sisters. All the pain that you're going through, the discomfort, the struggling, the bad marriage, the 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 um, uh, issues at your workplace, your disobedient children, the financial problems that you're having. There's a purpose for your pain. Let's go to the book of Jeremiah, the 29th chapter, verses 11 through 14. The book of Jeremiah, the 29th chapter, verses 11 through. 14. Jeremiah, the 29th chapter, verses 11 
through 14, and it reads, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will listen to you. And you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. So what's the key? Searching for God with all your heart. Can't be halfway with it, brothers and sisters. He said, and I will be found of you, saith the Lord. And I will turn away your captivity and I will gather you from all the nations and from the places where I have driven you. So the Lord is the one that drove us into bondage into America. The Lord is the one who drove us as slaves into the Caribbean because we were disobedient. But he said, when you call on me, I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity and I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, saith the Lord, and I will bring you again into the place once I cause you to be carried away captive. So we got to go back to Israel, Israelites, sons and daughters of slaves, so-called African-Americans, so-called Jamaicans, so-called Dominicans, so-called Haitians. We, we eventually got to go back into our own land. But the Lord allowed us to be driven into these places because of the suffering that he wanted us to go through. And the only reason why he wanted us to go through the suffering is because we were not obedient. We did not have faith in him. We traded him in for the golden calf in the wilderness. We traded him in for Baal. We traded him in for Christmas. We traded him in for Easter. We traded them in, brothers and sisters, and we still trading them in, and we wonder why we're going through the hell that we're going through. Let's go to the book of 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. I'm going to skip Genesis, Sister Key, because I want to get through the lesson. You have struggle attached to faith, brothers and sisters. Fight with hope and overcome with the word of God. Fight with hope and overcome with the word of God. Let's go to the book of 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, verse 7. 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, verse 7. And it reads, Beareth all things, believeth all things, hope all things, endureth all things. So it says bear all things, but first you, you got to get through what you're going through. You got to bear what you're going through, brothers and sisters. And then it says believe all things. Of course, this is talking about all things of God. Hope all things that God is going to bring you through what you're going through, but he wants you to endure what you're going through. Brothers and sisters, there was a season for everything. You notice how winter doesn't last, last 12 months out of the year? You notice how fall doesn't last 12 months out of the year? So brothers and sisters, 
we're going to fall. We're going to fall down just like the season fall. We're going to fall. And winter is that season that either things in nature, they die or they hibernate. So we're going to get to the point, brothers and sisters, where we feel like, man, I just want to die. I'm just tired of this sugar honey iced tea. I just want to die. Ain't no use for me being on this earth no more. Then you start having suicidal thoughts. You done gave up. That's your winter season. You're going through your winter season. But when winter season is over, you spring back up. That's why the Lord says here, endure all things, brothers and sisters. It's been a long time coming, but a change going to come. Oh, yes, it will. Let's go back, brothers and sisters. We're talking about. We're talking about fire right now. You got to go through this fire. You got to walk through it. You got to go through struggle. Shaka Khan made a song called Through the Fire. Kanye West made a song called Through the Wire. We got to go through some things, brothers and sisters, in order for us to get to the next level. Again, God wants us to go through what we're going through in order for us to get to where he wants us to be. Let's go to the book of Ecclesiastics, the ninth chapter. Now, when you do this thing in full faith and belief in God, brothers and sisters, you will start to see your mind thinking differently. Some of the things that bothered you yesterday ain't going to bother you today. You're going to have a bit more peace of mind. Some of the less important things ain't going to worry you no more. You're going to stop being concerned about what everybody else is doing and what other people is doing and how they live in their life. Things in your life will begin to change. Stop looking for a Band-Aid solution to your struggle. God wants you, you got to walk through this thing. You got to go all the way through it, brothers and sisters. We live in a microwave society where we want it right now. We want the solution right now. We don't want to get out of our car, turn the car off, lock the door, walk from the car, through the door, get to the counter, order what we need to order, and wait for it to get done. No, we want to drive through solution. I'm going to stay in my car. I'm going to listen to WGCI, V103, 92.3 Power FM. I don't know what the Atlanta stations is, but shout out to the Atlanta station. And we want to stay in that line and we want to stay in that car. We comfortable and to roll down the window while the little turnstile turn, give them the money, get the food. We live in that type of society. We don't want to go through nothing. We want everything to be easy. But God don't want everything easy in our lives, brothers and sisters. Struggling is a part of this human experience. But again, brothers and sisters, I said again, there's a purpose behind your pain. Let's go to the book of Ecclesiastics, the ninth chapter, verses 10 and 11. Ecclesiastics 9, verses 10 and 11. Ecclesiastics 9, and we're going to read verses 10 and 11, and it reads, Whatsoever your hand findeth to do, do it with all your might. But there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave where eventually you and I are going to go. So what are you waiting for? Well, you know, I'm going to just wait and I'm going to do this later. God sent you the people in your life to teach you to do and show you to do the things that you don't know how to do. But you want to, oh, I'm going to just wait. I'm going to just 
procrastinators, get that procrastinating spirit off of you, brothers and sisters. Now is the time. There is no time better than right now. What are you waiting for? Well, I ain't got enough money. That's an excuse. Well, I don't know enough people. That's an excuse. Well, I don't got the resources. That's an excuse. Don't you know God will provide for you everything that you need when you have faith? We got everything that we need in our circle already, brothers and sisters. When I mean circle is because if I don't know how to do it, I know somebody who know how to do it. So why are you trying to do this thing by yourself? That's why I said we got to learn from the ant, brothers and sisters. They work together as a colony to get things done. So the Lord said, whatever you find yourself to do, do it with all your might. There is no work, no device, no knowledge, no wisdom in the grave, brothers and sisters. Verse 11, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happens to them all. Everybody got the same opportunity to have faith now and to have belief in God. We all got the same opportunity to do those two things. So what's stopping you from having faith and belief in God? Let's do our last one right now. Let's do water, brothers and sisters. We got three places to go. Please hang in there with your brother, uh, Black Ice. We got one more place to go, but let's do a recap real quick. Earth, air, fire. Earth, you got to be humble. Air, remember, you don't see it, but you know it exists. It's blowing that flag. It's, 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 it's waving that tree and the leaves on the tree. So although you don't see the solution to your problem and your way out of the hole that you have dug yourself in, the solution exists. But you got to have faith, brothers and sisters. So earth means being grounded and humble. Air means having faith. Fire means struggle. We got to go through this fire, this struggle in order to be purified. In order to be made better than how we were before we walked through the fire. You, you ever wonder why we cook food over fire? Because fire purifies and takes the bacteria or the unnecessary things from your character away from you. Yeah, you thought you had it going on. You thought you was all that and a bag of chips. You never thought in a million years that you would be going through what you're going through, but God wanted to humble you. He wanted you to have faith in him. Well, you can't call on mama or daddy. <clears throat> you got to call on him. And that's the purpose of your pain. That's the purpose of your struggle. That's the purpose of your fire to build character in you and bring forth your faith and your belief in one whom you cannot see, but you know it exists. Let's go to the book of Philippians, the fourth chapter. Studying the nature of water, brothers and sisters, it teaches us to be flexible. Water can be weak, 
but it also can be one of the most powerful, dangerous elements on this earth because in Hurricane Katrina, it killed hundreds of people. And I'm just saying hundreds figuratively. Tsunamis and, 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 and storms, water is powerful. And you are powerful, but for some reason you got a problem with looking weak. Oh, they ain't gonna punk me out. I ain't gonna let them know, uh, uh, think that I'm weak. You gotta be like water. You gotta be flexible, brothers and sisters. You got to learn how to be flexible, brothers and sisters. If you put water in a bottle, it becomes the bottle, brothers and sisters. You put water in a container, it becomes the container. Water is able to exist and thrive in whatever element that you put it in. Can you exist and thrive in the elements that you are in right now? If you are flexible, you can. If you say, okay, God, you want me to be in this element in this environment. You want me to be in this environment right now. I'm going to keep having faith in you. I'm going to keep walking in your direction and I'm going to have faith and I'm going to have patience that you're going to get me through what it is I'm going through. Let's go to the book of Philippians, the fourth chapter. Philippians, the fourth chapter, and we're going to read verses eight through 12. Philippians, the fourth chapter, and we're going to read verses 8 through 12. Philippians 4, 8 through 12, and it reads, oh, I think we covered this already. Uh, oh, no, we didn't. Philippians 4, 8 through 12. It says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me. I want you to do those things and the God of peace shall be with you. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last you care of me <clears throat> have flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Now that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am in therewith to be content. I have learned that whatsoever state I am in, I've learned to be content. That means that as he's going through what he's going through, he's accepted the fact that this is the reality of his situation. Number 12, I know both how to be abased and I know how to be abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry both to be abound and to suffer need. Brothers and sisters, you got to learn like water how to be flexible. I can do all things at verse 13. I can do all things through Christ 
which strengthens me. So brothers and sisters, again, we got to have faith, brothers and sisters. There's no way around it living this life that we live in right now and going through the things that we're going through right now. You've tried everything else. It didn't help. It didn't work. Now we got to try God and we got to try things his way. Let's go to Hebrews, the ninth chapter. Hebrews, the ninth chapter. We got to learn how to be followers and leaders both at the same time. When you teach and share this word of God, we got to be flexible as well, brothers and sisters. Learn how to give the beginners milk, not meat, but milk, and learn how to give those knowledgeable of the word of God a little bit heavier food. The issue with us is we want to give the heavy word of God to those who are weak and they need milk, brothers and sisters. Teach them the simple things first. Show things, um, people the simple things first. And then as they begin to grow, start giving them meat, brothers and sisters. A message to the teachers. Hebrews, the ninth chapter, verses one through five. Hebrews, the ninth chapter, verses one through five. <clears throat> and it reads, then verily the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service and worldly sanctuary. For there was a tabernacle made, the first wherein was the candlestick and the table and the shoe bread, which is called the sanctuary. And after that, the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of, holiest of, holiest of all, which had the golden censer and the Ark of the Covenant overlaid round about with gold, wherein was the golden pot that had manna and Aaron's rod that budded and the tables of the covenant. So this is talking about what was in the tabernacle during Moses's time and Aaron's time, brothers and sisters. You would walk in and you would see the shoe bread, the candles, the mercy seat, the veil, all these things, right? It's talking about you had that first. That was the tabernacle at first. Verse five, it says, and over it, the cherubims of the glory shadowing the mercy seat of which we cannot now speak particularly right but now let's show you what we got today that's what we had back then let's show you what we have today verses 9 through 14 and it reads it says which was a figure for the time then present and which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience. That means that if you sin back then, they would kill an animal, sprinkle the blood on the veil, and you could be, uh, um, uh, your sin would be covered, right? But it wasn't until Jesus came that your sins could be wiped away and forgiven. There was no remembrance of your sin. So it's talking about how things were versus how they are now under Christ and the blood of Christ. It says, number 10, which stood only in meats and drinks and diverse washings and carnal ordinances imposed on them until the time of re reformation. Time of reformation was when Christ came, brothers and sisters. It says, but Christ being come and high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, 
not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us all. 13, for it is for if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean, sanctifying to the purifying of the flesh. So nothing that came from an animal, brothers and sisters, could purify us. God allowed us to kill animals so that we wouldn't have to die for the sins that we committed. But he never glorified in that. He never, he never was pleased in us doing those things. So now Jesus Christ, once and for all, came and died for our sins and shed his blood so that now when we pray and ask for forgiveness, brothers and sisters, and turn from our ways and have a renewing of our mind, we can be forgiven for the sins that we have committed and just don't do the same thing to repeat the things that you did to get you in a position that you needed to ask for forgiveness. Let's close this thing out. Revelations, the third chapter. We are not just learning how to live right and to be good people, brothers and sisters. We are learning how to live forever. That's what this whole thing is about. This is the reward for doing the things that Jesus asks of us to do. This is, this is the promise, brothers and sisters. But when you're humble, grounded, when you have faith, air, when you can endure and understand that there's purpose in your pain and through that struggle, fire, then you can learn how to be flexible, brothers and sisters, and understand that this pain has a purpose. Just like water. You can learn how to adapt to any environment that God allows you to go in and to walk in, whether it's the environment of a troubled marriage, whether it's an environment of disobedient children, whether it's an environment of bad finances and collection agencies or problems and issues on your job or with your family members and your friends. Whatever environment you find yourself in, learn how to be flexible and learn not how not to be like those people who are negative. See, it's all about you. It's all about if somebody calls you a B-I-T-C-H. Or if somebody calls you a nigga who's not black. Because, you know, now seem like we've accepted that term from each other. Or if somebody calls you an ASS or say you ain't S-H-I-T. It's teaching you how to learn how to deal with those things, brothers and sisters. You don't have to get angry. You don't have to get mad. You don't have to curse them out because they did something to curse you out. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. The Lord got it. Just trust him to deal with it. He got it. He knows how to deal with it. They're going to get what's coming to them. God going to put them through a fire and a struggle too, brothers and sisters. Believe me. Let's close this thing out. Revelations, the third chapter, verse 20. I'm not trying to be vulgar 
brothers and sisters, um, but I'm trying to share this word of God with everyday people who are going through everyday, everyday things in their life. So, you know, these terms and these words are words that people are using, brothers and sisters. This is what Jesus said at Revelation 3 and 20. This is the last place. He said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. Jesus said, I stand at the door. Right now, Jesus is at the door, brothers and sisters. Jesus is at the door knocking. Let me in. He said, if any man hear my voice, how do you hear Jesus's voice like you did tonight? When we're reading the word of God, you are hearing the voice of Jesus, brothers and sisters. He tells you what he wants us to do. He tells you what he wants us to refrain from doing. He said, if any man hear my voice and open the door, get into the word of God. I will come in unto him. How does he come in unto you? Because this word that you begin to read gets established here, right? And now you have the king, which is Jesus, on your dome because he's king of kings and lord of lords. Now you got the kingdom of God inside of you. I'm going to say that again and I'm going to slow it down. Now you got the king on your dome inside of your mind when you begin to open up the book and read the word of God and you begin to digest it. It's food, brothers and sisters. Eat the book. Now you got the king on your dome. And now you got the king dome of God inside of you. The kingdom of God is inside of you. Brothers and sisters, I hope that this lesson was a blessing to somebody that's watching and listening to the show tonight. Whoever needed help, I pray that this lesson tonight helped them out. I give all credit and all glory to Almighty God, brothers and sisters. I'm just the vessel that he used tonight to read his word. Remember, if you can't read it, don't believe it. And I don't want anybody walking away from this lesson tonight saying, hey, black eyes said, don't say that. Say black eyes red. Because I want you to get credit to God and his word, brothers and sisters, not to me. All praises to the most high. Again, I hope that you were edified and that God was glorified on this lesson tonight. Thank you so much for your time. YouTube, if you are on Facebook, then please go to our Facebook group page and like it and follow it, which is the Truth Hour Bible Show. Brothers and sisters, if you are on YouTube, we're asking you to go and like our face, uh, our YouTube page, which is Truth Hour TV. Please subscribe to it, brothers and sisters. Truth Hour TV. And it's popping up right now. Also, if you would like to be added to our text message invite reminder list, then text your name to the number that I just typed, 312-719-7310. Text your name and the keywords, two words, truth hour, and we will put you in our text message invite 
blast. So right before we go on air, you will know what the lesson is for that night. And it's a reminder because our lives are so busy that sometimes we need a reminder that the Truth Hour Bible class is live and on the air. Um, brothers and sisters, there are people that are out there that are going through health problems. Please pray for them. Um, cover them with the blood of Jesus in the name of Jesus in his name, brothers and sisters. And know that we're going to get through what we're going through, brothers and sisters. But in order to do that, it takes faith. It takes faith, brothers and sisters. So I thank you so much for your time. We're going to stand and face Jerusalem, and uh, which is in the east, brothers and sisters. And if you have a question as to why we pray facing the east and to or towards Jerusalem, then ask us so we can show you in King Solomon's writings where he prayed to the Lord that if we pray towards the house that he built in Jerusalem, the temple of God, to hear our prayers, brothers and sisters. So that's why we pray towards Jerusalem and we face the East in our homes and in our uh, uh, Bible classes. So let's do that. I've held you guys for hostage uh, for an hour and 30 minutes, actually an hour and 40 minutes. And uh, let's go ahead. Please pray with me out. Sisters, again, um, make sure you have a head covering on. Brothers, remove your head covering. Let's go ahead and do that now. Father God, we come before you tonight. Father God, we say thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God, for what was indeed another powerful lesson, Father God. And we say thank you, Father God. We are smiling with joy right now because we have hope and faith based on what we read in your word tonight, Father God. We pray that you cover those, Father God, and strengthen those who are going through right now in their lives, Father God. Show them that they must be grounded, that they must have faith, that they must endure the fire, and that they must be flexible enough to wait on your blessing, Father God. Faith and, and blessings, Father God. We thank you so much for this lesson tonight, Father God. We pray that it was edifying to those who are watching and listening and that you were glorified in the process. We pray these things through your son, Jesus, Yahshua name. Amen. Faith and patience, y'all. Don't forget that. All right. Faith and patience. Faith and patience. God bless everybody. This lesson will be on YouTube within the next 30 minutes. That way you'll be able to share the link with people who don't have YouTube or maybe just need to go to watch it on YouTube versus Facebook. Peace and blessings, everybody. God bless you and good night in Jesus' name.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.